Hey, this is Laura and you're listening to Expand. Welcome back, love. Let's get into it. The moment you decide that as a coach, you are no longer okay skirting along the surface and offering your clients the expected external result that they've come to crave, and you actually want to take them beneath the surface to better understand the inner workings of their mind, the inner workings of their emotions, how they're orienting to the world, how they've been conditioned to perceive their reality, and awaken them to a new way of being with themselves, with their environment, with their, cir- their circumstances, with, with whoever and whatever comes up in their life so that they can choose differently, so that they can feel more empowered, so that they can feel like they have agency over their life, over the ways in which they choose to move over the ways in which they choose to exist, to live, to, to meet their needs. The moment you decide that's the coach you want to be is the moment you also must be willing to accept that when you offer this as a new option for people, it is going to be rare that the first time you speak about it to someone new, that they're going to be ready to receive it. I was on a walk the other day listening to Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown, and I was kind of in and out. I was sort of in a trance, just sort of up in my head, thinking about my day, and she was nattering away in my ear. But when she started speaking about the emotion of curiosity, I stopped dead in my tracks, sat down on the nearest bench, and I replayed the section back three or four times, taking notes like mad, knowing that I needed to relay this to you in this context. I think one of the most frustrating, frustrating things about shifting the way in which we desire to hold people and really honoring this, our own needs in that shift, right? Honoring who we actually are and what our values are and and letting that part of ourselves lead for the first time. The hardest part in that is not feeling received, is not feeling understood, is not feeling like people are connecting with our message, feeling like people don't want what we're trying to sell them. I know for years I had this debate back and forth in my mind I mean, years ago, back when I owned the gym, especially thinking like, okay, maybe I should just abandon my values and post the bikini picture or talk about weight loss or promise, like offer the meal plans and work with people on the tangible surface level stuff that everyone seems to want and just give up on the fact that no one really wants to do this deeper work. But over the years, of course, I've learned my own language around what it is that I do, and I've practiced explaining it in many different ways to many, many, many different people. And I've, I've found my own groove in the way that I articulate what it is I help people with. And there's an art to that. But that aside, there's an, a key element that we need to become more aware of exists in the moment that we that we try to have this conversation with someone that I think up until just when I was listening to Brene Brown felt somewhat 
elusive to me. It felt somewhat invisible, very intangible, and not at all comprehensible. So when she started speaking about the idea of curiosity, what she was expressing was that in order for someone to be curious about learning something new, they must have a base level knowledge about what that thing is. And they need to be willing to admit that they are aware of its existence. If someone doesn't know something exists and has no idea about anything to do with that thing, curiosity is an impossible emotion to access. We can't be curious about something we are unaware of or know nothing about, was her words. That was just so obvious to me at first, but also really shook me. Because what that implies is that when we are in conversation with someone new who comes to us seeking the weight loss, seeking the external results, seeking the meal plan, or if you're not in the nutrition industry, if you're not in the, the fitness space, if you're in a different industry, there's some external tangible surface level thing that your people have come to be conditioned to desire. They've come to believe that by getting that thing, by achieving that result, that will give them the deeper thing that they're actually trying to create in their life. Happiness, joy, fulfillment, peace, freedom, like whatever that is for them, they've come to believe that the external thing is the answer. So when we're in conversation with them and we're the first introduction to the idea that that external thing isn't going to give them what they want. Or perhaps we are saying it in a brand new way that they're hearing for the first time. Maybe we're offering them a new idea to think about or a new perspective to chew on, a new way of seeing their life. If they are unaware that there's an external, that there's an internal intangible journey they need to walk in order to ever get to the destination that lives deeper within, and they have no pre-existing knowledge about that internal journey, it's going to be next to impossible for them to feel curious to learn more about what you're saying. It's going to be next to impossible for them to get curious to learn more about what you're saying because they don't have the prerequisites needed. So I'm going to come back to this in a minute here. We're going to talk about what we can do about that. But I want to first also layer on top of that. When we're asking someone to get curious about something new, if, even if they have a base level awareness, even if they have basic understanding around what it is you're talking about, the vulnerability required for someone to admit that they don't know what you're saying, they don't understand how to do that for themselves, they have questions. This is asking them to raise their hand and say, ask a question that they may be shamed for. They may feel judged for. This is asking them to open to the possibility of making discoveries that could lead to discomfort. This is, this is asking them to admit not knowing. This is asking them to abandon their previous model of self 
their previous model of the world to surrender into a world of uncertainty with you. Like they're walking into this conversation believing that they know the answer, believing that they know what they need, believing they know what their problem is. Even if you can see so much deeper beyond what they can currently see, that doesn't mean that their current model of the world is wrong. It's just that they are at a different level of awareness than you. So when we look at it like this, it makes so much sense why most people unconsciously orient towards defending what they know over learning something new. They're keeping themselves protected inside of this bubble of certainty. It keeps them immune to possible discomfort, shame, judgment, vulnerability that admitting that there's a better way could bring them into contact with. And here's the kicker. They will defend what they currently know, even if their current beliefs, their current base knowledge is keeping them trapped in the very loop that they are trying to escape by hiring you or a coach or getting a meal plan or whatever it is that they're seeking out. That's crazy. I'm going to say that again. Even if their current beliefs around what they need to change or fix or control, their current base level of knowledge around what's true for them and what's not true for them is keeping them trapped in the very loop that they are cognitively trying to escape. They will orient towards defending what they know over opening to the uncertainty of learning something new. Okay, so whether someone has a base level of knowledge or not, when they come into contact with you for the first time, or the 10th time, or the 30th time, and we're offering them these big concepts, these big ideas, we're asking them to abandon their current level of knowledge, we're asking them to abandon their current belief structures and open to seeing a new perspective open to admitting that they don't know the path, that they were wrong. We're asking them to raise their hand and ask questions about what they don't understand so we can help them. But we're not recognizing that our ask of them to raise their hand in that vulnerable moment requires so much more courage than we're giving credit to. Like, just imagine if that person growing up was shamed for asking stupid questions in school. Like, their, their classmates would, would call them stupid, or maybe their teacher would, like, roll their eyes when they asked the 15th question of the day, or who knows, right? Maybe there was some level of trauma there as a child, or maybe they were shamed around being too loud, being too boisterous in their home, and they learn to be really quiet and keep their thoughts to themselves, keep their opinions to themselves. And so now that's carried through into their adult life, where even if they do want to engage in conversation, there's a part of them that's holding them back. Right? Everybody is coming into a relationship with you with stuff with a whole bunch of lived experiences that you know nothing about. And then here we are deciding that I want to help people go deeper. I want to help people transform their lives from the inside out. I want to help people talk about emotions 
and understand how their brain works and help them transform on the level of their identity. Like beautiful, yes, 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 of course, that's amazing. We need more coaches like that. And can we release the expectation that just because you can see that that path is more meaningful, that perhaps no one else can see it yet? Or even if they can see it, perhaps they're not ready to admit they can see it. Perhaps they're not ready to get curious about it yet enough to engage with you in an actual conversation about working with you. I'm sharing this because the biggest, biggest block that I see in my students coming up against is feeling frustrated when we move in a new aligned direction for us and we feel rejected inside of that decision. We feel like we can't be successful doing things our way because the moment we put ourselves out there in this new way, we aren't being met with <laughs> an overwhelming response of eagerness. We aren't being met with a bunch of hands going up saying, oh my God, I had no idea. Thank you for telling me that it had nothing to do with weight loss and that all I had to do is turn inwards and, and work with you. And I don't have to worry about what I'm eating at all. It's really about all of these other things. And like, that's just never going to happen. Expectations are a really, a really tricky thing, especially in this context, because we we create this movie in our mind around what it's going to be like when we finally feel amazing about the content we're creating and we feel like we're making a bigger difference in the world and what we're talking about really matters. We create this movie in our mind around how this is all going to play out. I'm going to feel great making my content and people are going to connect with it and I'm going to change so many people's lives because I'm going to wake them up to what it is that they've been missing this whole time. I'm going to free them from their mental prison around diet culture, blah, 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 right? We have this movie. And the problem with that is that no one else knows their parts in that movie. No one else knows their lines in that movie. No one else knows that when we put out a piece of content and they don't engage with it, that they're not playing the part that we had created for them. And so there's where expectation becomes really toxic. That's the shadow side of expectation. Right? That's when we start to doubt ourselves. We start to collapse inwards on ourselves. We start to question whether this is something we can never be successful with, whether this is something that people ever really want. And we're ne not actually realizing that it's not that people don't want it. It's that we need to give them time to A, become aware, B, cultivate a base level of knowledge about what you're saying through learning from you, and then C, work up the courage to raise their hand and say, I'm ready to admit that I was wrong. I'm ready to admit that I missed this. I didn't know. I'm ready to let go of the certainty that I had in my previous representation of my journey to step into this very uncertain pocket with you specifically, which requires them to trust you, to feel safe with you, to know who you are, 
And all of that takes time. It takes time. So what do we need to do as a coach who's breaking free from traditional molds in the industry, who's challenging long-held beliefs around the work that we do and what it is that's really possible for people? My loves, we need to be patient and we need to show up consistently inside of refining the ways in which we're presenting these ideas to our people. We need to be willing to be vulnerable first. It's vulnerable to put ourselves out there in a new way without expecting anyone to understand us. It's vulnerable to change the way in which we work with our clients without attaching to needing people to validate us. It's vulnerable to show up over and over and over again, whether it's on social media, whether it's in online workshops, whether it's with your current clients and we're starting to shift the ways in which we want to work with them, the conversations we want to have with them. It's vulnerable because you you forget that you are also waking up to this bigger version of you. You don't know everything there is to know about working with someone on this depth yet, especially as we just tiptoe into this space. The beautiful thing about curiosity is that it grows with knowledge. So the more we know about something, the more curious we get to know more about it. So you're on this wave right now of growing your knowledge in this area to be able to hold people in a deeper way and your curiosity is also building it's also cresting on that wave but everybody else that we want to invite onto that wave with us they're still standing on the beach and their safety and the safety of of the sand right the solid ground that they have spent their entire life cultivating for themselves. We have to become unattached to how quickly someone's curiosity is sparked with us. We need to be out there surfing our waves and and trying on new tricks and, you know, just practicing our skills and learning more and allowing our curiosity about this work to deepen our passion for it, deepen our drive to speak into it. And we need to know that there's people on the beach watching us. They're all lined up there, they're watching us. And we can't decide for them when they're gonna be ready to grab a surfboard and join us on the wave. But we have to be out there, ready for them when they do. Ready to teach them when they do. Ready to spark their curiosity when they're finally ready to say, okay, I wanna try it. Okay, that looks looks like it's for me. It looks like it's my next step. We can't be afraid to show up in the message we feel most passionately about getting into the world just because it's not immediately digestible. We must understand the vulnerability, the courage, the strength it takes for someone to just get curious about what it is that we're saying, let alone get to the point where they're ready to work with us on that thing. So what work do you need to do on you to be okay 
growing in your knowledge, growing in your curiosity, growing in your art of connecting with your people in your unique way? How can you detach from needing people to get it now so that they can feel truly deeply held by you when they decide of their own agency to meet you inside of this journey? And can you take some time to reflect on a moment in your life perhaps where you were presented with a new idea that you rejected and defended what you already knew to be true only to change your mind months or years later when you gathered enough knowledge to recognize that, oh, that was actually more true for me. That was actually meant for me. It just took me a while to open up to that. What I had believed before felt safer. I felt certain around it. I felt like I had done the work to figure it out and I wasn't ready to abandon it yet. But now I'm in the place where I can see that I was wrong and I have enough courage to admit that so that I can open myself up to growing in this new way. We have all gone through that many times in our life. We are only ever able to create beliefs around the things that we have lived experience through. It takes new lived experiences to expose us to the possibility of new ways of being, of moving in our life. And it takes time for that knowledge to be cultivated, for awareness to grow, and for curiosity to spark before we can trust that new path. So I want to invite you to bring a layer of compassion into this stage of your journey to recognize where people are actually at when they come into contact with you and to know that it's not a reflection on you. It's a reflection on where they're at. It's a reflection on the stage in which you need to be able to meet them and hold them and make them feel safe, not wrong for being where they're at. I think the tendency too often is to try to convince or push people out of the stage that they're in so we can spark that curiosity sooner, so we can convince them that there's a better way because there's this savior complex that many of us start this deeper work from. I need to save people from themselves. I need to save them from the brainwashing of the industry, of diet culture. I need to wake them up. And that's great. But when there's a forced energy behind that, that's when it becomes really gritty. And that's when our energy ends up repelling people, even though we're coming at it from this really genuine, deeply caring place. So let's watch how we are moving towards, we're advancing towards our people and let's actually become the safe space that they get to step into when they're ready. Everything changes when you can just release the rush and surrender into where are you at and how can you meet yourself in this journey and trust that other people will meet you in that same journey when they're ready. How can you show up for them in a way that evokes confidence and honesty and rawness 
without trying to convince or prove anything, but just offering people a new way of thinking about things, new way of relating to themselves, to their life, to the struggles that they're facing, and detach from them needing to connect with everything that you say in order to know that with time, the compounded effect of you being in front of them in this new way without abandoning yourself is what it takes. I think the last thing I'd like to offer is it becomes really confusing when we don't have conviction around this new way of being as a coach and we flip-flop between what we think people want and what we actually know they need in our message. It's like, okay, I'm just going to talk about weight loss or meal plans or quick fixes or whatever because that gets the likes. And then I'm going to go back and talk about what I actually need them to know because that's what they really need. That's confusing for people. It's jarring. We need to be consistent with who we are and what we believe and and allow for that message to unfold. Like, let's not be hard on ourselves for figuring it out. I hear so many coaches say, I need to figure out my messaging. Great. Start talking. That's how you figure it out. There is no key. There is no trick. Your messaging is really just this, the expression, the verbal expression of who you are and what you believe today. And that's going to change and evolve as you change and evolve. Your messaging is how you connect who you are and what you see to who they are and what they see. Start playing with it. Start paying attention. Pay attention to the energy you bring into the way you're speaking. Are you coming from a convincing, pushy kind of energy because you need people to understand you in order for you to feel safe inside of expressing yourself in this way? Or are you moving from a place of self-assuredness, conviction, confidence, sovereignty around your message and you're detached from other people understanding you in order for you to know that it's what you believe, it's what they need? That's where we should be focusing our energy, not on them, not on their energy, on you. Where are you coming from? How are you presenting yourself? That's when everything starts to shift. I hope you have fun playing with this. I hope that this really lands for you. I hope this shifts something for you. I hope this softens you to where others are at and allows you the space to meet them in that without making them feel wrong for it or shaming yourself for doing something wrong because they're not getting it. Neither of those are true. It's just a matter of time. And when we can offer both of ourselves that time, us and them, the relationships that we get to enter into with the people who do become ready to work with us in that way are so much more fulfilling as a result. I can't wait for you to experience that for yourself. Thanks so much for being here with me. If there's anything you need a little extra support on, or if questions came up as you were listening, there's a link in my show notes called Connect with Laura. You can use it to get me directly, and I always personally reply to every message I get. Okay, I'll see you next time. Bye for now.